How do companies create a culture and core values that employees actually live out? The team at The Receptionist, a bootstrapped Denver-based software company, sets out to answer that very question. Welcome to The Fabric Podcast. Here's your host, Michael Ashford. Courtney Bell is a therapist and the founder and CEO of Insight Mental Health Group, which she started in 2022 after seeing the way some larger mental health providers had become churn and burn services in the wake of the demand that flowed out of the recent pandemic. Courtney's mission in starting her own group therapy practice was to create an environment where everyone involved, from herself to the therapist she employs to the clients they serve, all realize that they and we are not finished products. Nobody's perfect. And in light of that, Courtney and I have a compelling conversation about what it means to be authentically yourself, as well as how to look for and hire for authenticity in your employees. Because if you can do that, Courtney says, you ensure that people feel safe and connected, and that builds successful companies. Enjoy the conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on The Fabric Podcast. I would love, as a customer of The Receptionist, for you to just introduce yourself, um, how long you've been in the field of work that you do, and where you work. Let's let's start there. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me and inviting me to The Fabric. I'm excited to be here. Um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist and child mental health specialist. I have been in this field for about nine years. I work with individuals, couples, families, started working explicitly with teens and have since in the past probably four or five years transitioned to working primarily with adults and couples and with individuals who have trauma or have who experienced trauma. And the pra- you work in a group practice, is that correct? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even tell you about where I work. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> uh, yes, I, st- I opened my own group practice in September of this past year, so 2022, uh, called Insight Mental Health Group. We are located in Snoqualmie, Washington. How would you describe the last three years as a mental health practitioner in this space? Um, yeah, what has it been like? Yeah, it's been pretty interesting. I would say busy. Um, (laughs) And we've certainly gotten a lot more attention. I think mental health in general has gotten a lot more attention. And I think there have been some pros and cons associated with that attention. Um, But for the most part, it's been really busy. And there's such a shortage of mental health providers at this point. And so it's been difficult to see the need and not be able to meet that need entirely, Mm. right? Um, And to see the field exploited in a way, I think, has been difficult for me particularly. Hmm. What do you mean by that? Um, I think that there are a lot of organizations out there who have started to see mental health as an area to make money. And there's been Mm. a big push for larger corporations that are focused on um, getting people in, getting people out. And I really wanted to start something where the relationship was the focus. And that is where, where insight came from, right? Is the work that we do is so personal and so deep and the relationship that you have with your provider matters a lot. And I wanted a place where people felt that they could come and they were seen for who they were and who they are and feel safe and comfortable doing the work they need to do. When did you begin to get this inkling that you wanted to open up not just to your own practice, but a group practice where, you know, for the listeners who may not know, you've got multiple therapists under one roof or under under your 
your company name. So when did you begin to feel that pull? Yeah, that's a great question because I never saw myself as a business owner, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was the clinical director for a moderately sized group practice before we were purchased by a national company. And I loved being like the number two, so to speak, right? I really got to focus on the clinicians. I provided all the clinical supervision, was involved in the hiring, but I got to focus on the clinical work, which is what I'm really passionate about. And I didn't want to focus on the business side of things. The owner did that. And I was happy to let her do that. She was doing a great <laughs> job. Um, and then we were bought out by a larger corporation. And I just got a sense of what it was like to be in a really big corporation, which I hadn't experienced in, in my life. Um, and that enabled me to work in different areas, right? To see things from a clinical standpoint, but also from an operational standpoint, from an upper management standpoint. And I think that experience allowed me to see different areas of this work that I hadn't seen before, which clarified for me what I really wanted to do moving forward, which was, again, creating a space for clinicians where they felt really supported, where they felt like they could be themselves, bring themselves to work, do the work they wanted to do in helping individuals who were coming to them for whatever their needs might be. Courtney, it sounds like um, that was kind of a, a push-pull moment for you where you're, you're in, a, in an organization bought by a very large national organization and you realize, hey, that's, that's not what I want. But you also got, right. got exposure to so many business processes and the way things that could be done that you had that light bulb moment of, oh, yeah, like this is I can do this. Am I am I correct in that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was definitely one of those moments where I was like, ooh, I could go a few different directions here. Yeah. Right. But I really sat with myself and thought, where do I want to go? How do I feel about each of these avenues, what's going to be most fulfilling for me and feel most congruent for me. And this is the path I decided to take. So I want to dive into one of our core values here at The Receptionist. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, our core values yeah. are fabric, fun, authentic, bold, respectful, innovative, and collaborative. Yeah. And it sounds like, and, and we've discussed previously, that there's a level of authenticity that you wanted to bring into this work. Um, mm -hmm. Explain what that means to you? What does it mean to bring into a group practice setting this, this authenticity that you've kind of alluded to uh, a few times? Right. Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in being you, whatever that means. Right. And although I knew we were going to talk about authenticity today, I didn't know what questions you would ask me, but I suspected this might be one of them. Right. So <laughs> I did kind of fine tune a definition that I want to share with you. Please um, do. I can't yeah. take credit for it because I really just found the definition and then did kind of alter a few things about it. The definition of what I feel is a good definition of authenticity and how I try to live authentically is put simply, authenticity means that you are true to your own personality, values, and spirit, regardless of the pressure you feel to act otherwise. You're honest with yourself and with others, and you take responsibility for your mistakes, your values, ideals, and actions align. So when I read that, I was like, yeah, 
That's what mm-hmm. I feel authenticity is, right? It's it's being you not in those moments when it's easiest to be you, right? Like when you're sitting on the couch at home <laughs> with a person you feel closest to or by yourself or with your cat or your dog. It's outside in the world when people around you, the environment that you're in is maybe challenging you or pressuring you to behave in accordance with how they, whomever they is, wants mm-hmm. you to behave or act. It's acting maybe not that way right? If that's not what feels good or true to you. So as far as how I I hope that shows up at Insight and for my clinicians is I want them to feel comfortable being who they are with me in the workplace, with their clients. I think people have this idea that therapists are supposed to be so objective that they they're almost robotic, right? I remember at my first place of work after graduate school, uh, there was this mug in our break room and it had like 10 squares or something, kind of like the Brady Bunch, right? And in each square, there was a face and it was just a straight face. There was no expression (laughs) on this face. And it was a therapist when they're sad, happy, angry, mad, confused, Mm. (laughs) right? And, And I don't think that's what people are drawn to right? Humans are hardwired for connection. And when somebody shows up and they're their authentic selves, they're genuine, they're congruent, they're transparent, we feel safe and comfortable and connected to that. And that's what I want people to feel like they can be in this setting, right? Is to show up as whoever you are and to trust that the clients who feel that's a good fit for them will stick with you. And the clients who feel that maybe you're not the right therapist for them, totally okay. They'll go and find another therapist who's a good fit for them. So Courtney, you're not only a therapist, obviously, but you're, you're right. a business owner. You're, you've, you've started this group practice. How do you hire for that? How do you find people who can bring that authenticity to the, their role I'm sure there are people listening thinking, well, that's easy to say they're therapists. Um, you know, you, you're, you're trained to do this perhaps. And, and I think a lot of people do have the, <laughs> the stereotype that you pointed out that therapists can just completely yeah. detach from everything. But yeah, how right. have you approached filling the roles within your practice with, with people who can bring that authentic self to their role? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Cause it's not easy. Um, and I don't honestly don't know that therapists are necessarily any more prepared or trained to be authentic than other people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say in the interviewing process, I'm really looking for people who I feel right. I can't know, but that I feel sure. <laughs> are answering questions as honestly and genuinely as possible. Right. I think all of us, when we show up for a job interview, feel some level of pressure to answer in whatever way we think the person interviewing us wants us to answer, right? Like I want, I'm here right. to get the job. That's my goal. And in order to get this job, I think I need to do X, Y, and Z. And I need to answer in these ways. So that's what I'm going to do. But when you do that, you run the risk of getting the job and not actually being good at those things, right? Or not actually having that skill set that you claim that you had because you simply wanted to secure the job. So what I look for is for individuals who answer the questions that I ask with honesty and transparency, right? Who aren't afraid to say, you know, I really struggle with conflict actually, right? It's, it's something I'm working on. It's something I hope to grow into. And it's something I'm not currently the best at, but I'm hoping to get better at. I love that, 
right? People who appear to know themselves, who are comfortable with themselves and who recognize none of us are perfect. All of us are working and growing and that's part of the process. And I'm not looking for a finished product, so to speak. When I hire someone, I'm looking for someone who recognizes they're here to grow and this is a place where that can happen. Courtney, there's a level of self-awareness needed there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. For a person to show up there knowing they need a job or want a job and still, still bring that honesty and authenticity and transparency into, into their answers that they're telling you. Yeah. And I, and I think you probably blew people's mind when you said that therapists are no better at it than, than any, uh, any of the rest of us. So how do we get better at that self-awareness part from, from your perspective, um, with so many people especially in the tech space where we're we're at here at the receptionist layoffs after layoffs after layoffs are happening how does one begin to have that self-awareness to to understand who they are and and be confident that they can bring that to a job interview mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i would say listening to yourself right i think so often we listen to the outside world right you're returning to friends returning to family returning to social media whatever it may be to tell us what we like or don't like or who we should be or not be or what you should do or not do in a job interview or at work or in any given setting right and sometimes that may conflict with what we really want to do and mm. so i think the best advice i can give anybody is to just stop to close your eyes and to honestly just sit in the moment with what's coming up for you. That's what I do when I'm in a situation and I don't know, I'm like, oh gosh, like even today, right? I don't know what you're going to ask me. (laughs) So a part of me was really nervous coming into this, right? I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what questions are going to come up. There may be some pressure to, you know, answer in a specific way or to come across in a specific way. And then I have Mm -hmm. to remind myself that doesn't feel good to me. Right. When I'm acting in a way that I feel is inauthentic, I can feel it in my body. Right. I'll get kind of like this pit in my stomach and I'm like, oh gosh, like, I don't really know why I said that. Or (laughs) that doesn't feel really true to me. Right. I think we just have to be aware of the warning signs. Right. When we're not being authentic. And then on the flip side, be aware of what makes us feel really good. Right. Pay attention to those moments where you feel at peace right? You feel good, happy, at peace, content. Those are the moments that you're likely being or engaging in your most authentic self. So then let's jump to the end of fabric and talk about collaboration then. Once Mm -hmm. you're there and in the space, what ways have you seen where coworkers can collaborate to continue the process? It's It's not enough that you have the job and, and that you you got the offer, right? How do you continue to grow and learn collaboratively with each other? How do you all do it there at Insight? Um, right. How do you share ideas? Where do you go to learn uh, learn new, new approaches to therapy and, and distribute that information amongst yourselves? What does that look like for you all? Yeah, absolutely. So... First, we have supervision. So a lot of our current employees are associates. And so what an associate means is you've completed graduate school, but you have to get your 3,000 hours of experience and you have to pass the national exam. Typically, that's done within two years, but you have up to six years to do it. Mm. During that time, you have to receive weekly supervision. Um, Just 
talking with your supervisor about your cases, going over different techniques, modalities, that kind of stuff. So we have everybody's involved in supervision if they're an associate licensed provider. We also have group consults or case consults, um, which is something that I ha- place very high value on because that's where we all get together and we bring up different cases, right? We, we talk about, um, what's going on in someone's with a client, right? Or a specific issue or topic or diagnosis or something that they're struggling with. And it's wonderful to hear what everybody else's thoughts on it are, right? It's not just me running case consults and I'm the only one answering these questions, right? It's everybody gives input around, have you tried this? Or I really love this intervention from this specific modality, or have you seen this worksheet, right? And it's so nice to collaborate and to hear the amazing ideas and work that other providers are doing. And also in supervision, I love to pair people um, so that it's me and two supervisees so they can hear one another, right? And again, and I'm not the only person then providing feedback or insight because I don't know everything, right? And oftentimes one of my clinicians has a wonderful intervention or thought that I never would have come up with, right? So we're all learning from one another. And then I'm a big believer of activities outside of work. So we had a holiday party that was a lot of fun where we played games and we had a cookie bake. And I'm really looking forward to summer where we can have an outdoor activity and play some um, cornhole and just get outside and have a good time and build those relationships. Courtney, you said something there um, that I know me personally, I've struggled with in the past. I know a lot of people struggle with. And you said, I don't know everything. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people would characterize the the inverse of that as imposter syndrome, where you feel like you have to know everything, uh, right. but you know that you don't. So <laughs> you have this this yeah. dichotomy running around in your brain. Yeah. How does one get to that point where you you feel okay admitting, I don't know everything, mm-hmm. and I think the next mm-hmm. step is, but I'm going to learn or I'm going to go seek out the answer. Uh, right. What would you say? What would you say to a uh, uh, someone you're supervising, for instance, right. who yeah. you can just get this sense? Oh, they're they're reaching for an answer, but they don't actually know. How do you get mm-hmm. folks to be okay with with not knowing everything? So I like to say that I'm a recovering. I actually think I'm fully recovered now. <laughs> uh, perfectionist, <laughs> right? So I struggled with that for most of my life, specifically yeah. in a school setting, right? I would mm. get really anxious, hyper perfectionistic, need to perform. And I remember in grad school, I'd come back for supervision. And in grad school, everything you do is recorded. Like you cannot escape. feedback and everybody in your cohort seeing your sessions live and it being commented on. Right. And I would come in and like week after week, how do you feel? I'm like, Oh my gosh, I feel so ineffective because I had this idea that in every single session, I needed to have this mind blowing intervention that would lead to an epiphany, right? My client's life has changed. Box is checked. We're moving on. Right. (laughs) And my professors were like, yeah, no, that is not going to happen. You're a human, right? You're not going to know what to do in every single circumstance. So I think for me, grad school was therapeutic in and of itself and learning. I'm just here to sit with my clients, to do the best that I can do, to acknowledge that I don't know everything 
And thankfully for me, I'm a little obsessed with learning. So I love ingesting information, as much information as I possibly can. And I'm endlessly curious. And I think if you're really curious, it's easier to accept that you're not going to be perfect because there is no end in sight, right? You're just infinitely curious. And so I remind my supervisees, we all mess up. There are moments and sessions where I don't know what to say, right? You would think, oh my gosh, you're the therapist. Of course, you know what to say in every single situation. No, (laughs) right? There are moments where we don't. And I honestly think that again, that humility and genuineness and authenticity is what allows clients to actually let their guard down and feel safe and comfortable opening up with us. The more real we feel with them, the more real they feel they can be with us. With what you've learned and what you've shared so far over the course of our conversation here, um, what does it mean then to you personally to show up authentically to work? Like just mm-hmm. how does life change? How does how does your how do your relationships at work change? How does mm-hmm. your your work performance change when you do have the freedom and, and space to move about authentically as you are? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. I would say things change in that it feels better, which is a little ambiguous, right? But I mean, I think if you feel pressure again to be a certain way, to dress a certain way, to talk a certain way, to interact with others in a certain way, you can't really relax, right? Because you're constantly so focused on worrying about how others are interpreting you, right? And when you show up and you decide, I'm just going to be me today, whatever that looks like, right? However that is, then you, it allows you the freedom to just kind of let go and to stop worrying. Now, again, I'm human. So I'll say things and then have a thought after that and be like, oh, like, did that sound bad? Did they (laughs) take that the wrong way? Right? But now I can just kind of let it go. I have that initial thought and then I'm like, yep. And it is what it is. If they have a question about it, they'll circle back and they'll ask me, right? Or if they are unsure about what I said, again, they'll circle back or maybe they won't, right? And then they'll go on thinking whatever it is they thought (laughs) and I have no control of that, right? So I think authenticity awards us or allows us a lot more freedom and a lot less stress, hopefully. I don't know a single person who would refuse that, right? <laughs> More freedom, yeah. less stress. Yeah. I think we're in a good spot right. there if we've got that going for us. So Courtney, yeah. thank you so much. This has been so helpful. I know people will get some value out of out of just hearing your thoughts on this. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Fabric Podcast. Our show is hosted by me, Michael Ashford, Director of Marketing here at The Receptionist, and produced by our creative manager, James Jordan. If you want to see a video version of the show, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash fabric, where you can watch episodes of all of the content that we've put out on this podcast. You can see our bright, smiling faces, and you can see what our studio looks like as well. If you'd like to give The Receptionist for iPad Visitor Management System a try in your office, jump over to thereceptionist.com slash free trial and give us a test drive for 14 days with no credit card required. See what you think. Until next time, take care.